Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 8th of October. More freedoms are arriving early for millions of lockdown residents across New South Wales as the new state premier announced a major shake-up of the roadmap to reopen. Yesterday, the premier announced people can have 10 people at their homes rather than five and 30 outdoors, while the return to school has been fast-tracked for thousands of students. Some will return as planned on the 18th of October, but the remainder will be back in the classroom a week earlier than the original staggered start. There are reports the plan to reopen quicker was not approved by the state's chief health officer, Kerry Chant, who did not appear at yesterday's major announcement. Dr Danielle McMullen from the New South Wales AMA has told the project the new relaxed restrictions, especially at homes, are concerning. At home is often where we feel safe, we let our guard down, but actually throughout this outbreak we've seen that homes are one of the riskiest environments. So it's a strong plea to the people of New South Wales to really keep those home visits to a minimum. There are renewed concerns over the violent anti-lockdown protests in Melbourne with two police officers who were working at the demonstration now testing positive to COVID. It's believed both were unvaccinated with one officer now in a critical condition in hospital. More than 20 other police at the station have now been put into quarantine. Meantime, there are growing concerns Victoria's health system is struggling to cope with skyrocketing COVID cases. The number of COVID patients in intensive care increased by more than 22% yesterday alone. It comes as two whistleblowers have revealed two patients in Victoria have died from cardiac arrest after their triple zero calls went unanswered answered in one case for more than half an hour. And in other news this Friday morning, the war of words over the GST continues. The WA Premier at loggerheads with his newly elected counterpart in New South Wales, Dominic Perrottet. Mark McGowan was gifted a spear as part of an opening ceremony of a new mine and was seen waving it around jokingly saying this. Anyone want to take me on? <laughs> Dom Perret- Where's Dom Perrottet when I need him? Where's Dom Perrottet? <laughs> Mr McGowan says he's unhappy with the distribution of GST revenue, saying West Australians should not have to pay for Sydney's budget mismanagement. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground to New South Wales. And as the new Premier fast-tracks the return to school for thousands of students, there are growing fears of a looming teacher shortage crisis. Education Department documents published in the Herald have revealed the state's public schools are likely to run out of teachers in the next five years. Our reporter Siobhan Caulfield has the details from Sydney. That's right, Tash. According to the internal reports, the shortage is happening because of increasing student enrolments and a drop in the number of people signing up to education degrees at uni, as well as an ageing workforce. There's serious fears the shortage will impact the quality of students' education. It sparked calls from the New South Wales Teachers Federation for the state government to lift salaries beyond the 2.5% public service wage gap and improve working conditions. To Queensland and a death in custody investigation has been launched after a man died during an altercation with police in Toowoomba. The 27-year-old was being arrested in relation to an alleged car theft. Our reporter David Shiraz has more from Brisbane. 
Good morning, Tash. Police say they were called to reports of three people acting suspiciously in the car when the encounter happened. Now, they wouldn't go into any detail on how the 27-year-old man died, other than confirming a violent struggle happened where the man became unconscious. Two other occupants of the suspected stolen vehicle fled the scene and are still at large. The incident will be investigated by the Ethical Standards Command, with the state coroner also advised. Now for the latest in business and finance news this Friday morning, we're joined by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at Canstar. Effie, good morning. The best and worst super funds have been revealed. They sure have, Tash. And if you're a member of Unisuper and Super, you're in good hands. That's according to the online investment platform Stockspot's latest Fat Cat Funds report. Now, it actually analyzes uh, about 600 uh, investment options offered by the largest 100 super funds, and it names and shames the worst performers based over a five-year period and after fees. I think this is the ninth year that it's done this. And um, a Fat Cat is basically a bottom fund of its category across five years, and a Fit Cat, the one that you want to be in, is the top of its category over five years. Now, we do know that the government does have a comparison tool, but it at this stage only compares default funds. That will change from July 1. So this year, the best performance, according to this report, were, as I said, Unisuper and Qantasuper. They both had four fit cap funds. And then moving down, Australian Super and Fiducian Super came in second spot, both having three fit caps. But if you're with one path, AMP, MLC, Zurich or Energy Industries, it may pay to take a closer look at this report because they either received a gold, silver or bronze award as an overall fat cat fund of the year. And if you're also making news in the business and finance world this Friday, is this revealing new data shows the Bank of Mum and Dad has now lent out more than $37.6 billion in loans. That's extraordinary. It is. Did you know it's the ninth largest bank, the Bank of Mum and Dad? The ninth largest bank. Um, definitely not the bank over here. But look, no. It's, it's the September data from Digital Finance Analytics. And they do show that on average the Bank of Mum and Dad is contributing about 94784 to help kids break into this ridiculously hot property market. Now, that's an increase of over 23% in the past 12 months. So this cash that they give, or it could be a loan, it's enough for a 20% deposit to buy a unit in, say, Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth or Darwin. But because prices are so crazy, that money is not even enough to, you know, to put a 20% deposit on a home anywhere. So look, unfortunately, the kids have got to pitch in a little bit themselves, poor kids. Um, if they, you know, when I digged a little deeper into the data, it was interesting to see, Tash, because the number of kids getting money from their parents is actually down to about like 21-odd thousand in September compared to in June, there was 30,000. So what that shows is less kids are getting money off the parents. Of those that are lucky enough to get money off their parents, the amount, the amount is bigger because obviously property prices have gone up. Look, it's important to take care of parents that are giving money or guarantor loans that, you know, you understand the position you're in, especially if it's a guaranteed loan that you will at the end may have to pay the debt in the worst case situation. More reason to always be nice to your mum and dad. Thanks, Effie. <laughs> Duh. Time for-
Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, the NRL expansion is going ahead with clubs told to prepare for a new club to enter the competition by 2023. Yes, good morning, Tash. Very exciting. We will have 17 teams in the NRL by 2023. There was a big meeting yesterday with the chairs and the chief executives of all the existing 16 clubs. I'm not sure if it was universally popular, but they have been assured financially the game can cope. The ARL Commission will receive a recommendation today about which bid should be awarded the licence. The Redcliffe Dolphins, the Firehawks and Jets are all vying to become the second team in Brisbane. South Sydney Chief Executive Blake Solly telling Nine they've been told it won't come at a cost to other clubs. I can't really say if it stacks up, only the NRL can make that decision, but what was really good from Peter and Andrew was to hear a commitment to the current 16 clubs that will be better off as a result of expansion. And Tash, we find out next week which bid has been successful. And in the AFL, Brett, day four of the trade period saw the most movements so far with a young star's birthday wish coming true. How good is that? Adam Chera turned 22 yesterday. He wanted to get home to Victoria. He nominated Carlton as his club of choice. That wish was granted yesterday. He moves to the Blues from the Dockers for pick six. Uh, this is a big trade period for the Blues as well. They uh, signed George Hewitt, who was a free agent from the Swans. And Triple M's Lee Montagna says that Carlton should be playing finals next season after beefing up that midfield. This is now more pressure heaped on Michael Voss. I think with all the expectation on Carlton, the last two trade free agency periods, with what they've already got, a fit Charlie Kerno with Harry Mackay, the best young duo, key position duo in the competition. Weedering Walsh, I mean, it is all set up for Carlton to play finals. The Blues did lose Sam Petrovsky-Seaton to the Eagles, uh, while Hawks free agent Tim O'Brien found a new home at the Dogs. And Toby Green had his three-week suspension for making contact with umpire Matt Stevick, doubled to six weeks. This was actually appealed by the AFL itself, and the appeals board agreed uh, that the penalty should be a little bit harsher. He's already served one match during this year's final series, but now won't be available until round six of next season, Tash. And Aussie spinner Nathan Lyon believes quarantine is a small price to pay to make sure the Ashes goes ahead this summer. Lots of happy fans, Spread. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lyon might have to spend a bit of time in isolation once he does leave Sydney. He's been locked down like everybody else. And of course, the cricketers in Victoria have been affected by that as well. Looks like... Uh, New South Wales and Victoria will organise a few tour matches in between each other just to get around the border closures at the moment. Now, England will be coming down under as well. Looks like they'll set up camp on the Gold Coast. That 11th hour meeting, the crisis talks between Cricket Australia and the English players was successful during the week. Lyon says he will do whatever it takes to make sure the tour goes ahead. To be honest with you, I've got no dramas with quarantine. Um, I'm happy to jump in there and get it done. Pretty small price to pay to go out there and and had the opportunity to play cricket for Australia. The Aussie women's side in action last night against India in the first of three uh, T20s. This is a multi-format series, so the Test one day's T20s all go towards the series score. Unfortunately, it was washed out. India in a strong position, four for 131. Both sides get a point, so India needs to win the final two T20s to claim the series. Socceroos in action this morning as well. Tash live, nil all uh, early in the first half against Oman. No nation has ever won 11 World Cup qualifiers in a row. That is the history that Graham Arnold's side is chasing this morning. Brett, thank you. Have a good weekend. And here is a wonderful feel-good Friday story for you this morning. Australian swimmer Chloe McArdle has been crowned the Queen of the English Channel, successfully completing her 43rd swim of the notoriously difficult 32k stretch, diving from Dover and coming to shore in France. Just finishing and standing there and just soaking it all in and knowing that so many people are so proud and I just couldn't be happier. 
That audio thanks to Channel 7. Chloe has now equaled the world record, but she intends to do one more swim this weekend to beat it, as you do. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a lovely weekend. And we'll see you bright and early on Monday. Listener.